I was saying a couple weeks ago, as we started our way through the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, that I was hoping to kind of share over the following weeks some of the different prayers during the Mass that the priest prays quietly. Uh, I think we talked originally about that prayer where the, the wine and the water get mingled. You know, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who, humbles him, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Now, that's one of the early ones. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the last one that the priest or the deacon says during the Mass. You'll, you'll notice today, especially, that, you know, once we're, we're finished distributing Holy Communion, we go back up and put all of the Blessed Sacrament into as few ciborium as possible. That goes into the tabernacle. We all genuflect, and then we basically like try to make sure we have all of the crumbs into an empty ciborium. And I go over to a server, and he'll pour the water over my fingers to purify them, to make sure that no crumbs go anywhere, right? Like we're putting them all together. And then when all that water gets together in the chalice, as I'm kind of like putting the water around the chalice to make sure there's no droplets left of the precious blood, I pray this prayer. What is past our lips is food, O Lord, May we possess in purity of heart that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. And those last two temporal phrases or lines at the end, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. And it's the incredible thing about the Blessed Sacrament is that the eternal God is giving us himself in time and space. That today, as we gather on August the 8th, 2021, that Jesus Christ, you know, the Word of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, gives us himself, really, truly, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist in time as we strive on to eternity. And that eternity is such an important thing. I'll tell you, sometimes, I, I tell you about this from time to time, I love going up to Ann Arbor to visit my dear friends, the Dominican sisters of Mary Mother of the Eucharist. And I like to joke, it's so hard to leave there. Luckily, I love being here, or I don't think I ever would, right? And like, you'll hear people make comments like, oh, it's not fair, women can't become priests. Well, I'll tell you what's not fair, men can't become sisters. Um, I have tried to stay up there, and every time, they kick me out, you know? And... And every time I've got to say goodbye to one of my best friends on this planet, Sister Joseph Andrew, who's their vocation director, she always says this beautiful line. She says, we're made for eternity, right? And it's so beautiful to think about that because, like, you can have, like, the best of times, right? I go up there. It's an incredible weekend. These either a discernment retreat or the mom's retreat and just being with them and all this. And it's lovely. And it's not like something goes wrong and so i got to get on the flight back. It's just the passage of time, right? And we all experience this. You can be on the heights of the mountain and everything's great, but it's just all of a sudden, August 7th becomes August 8th and you got to go home, right? And that's just where we find ourselves. And it's difficult and sometimes very difficult. Look at this first reading today. So Elijah in the book of Kings, right? And we kind of just jumped right in there. He's a day's journey into the desert at this point, right? Well, why is he a day's journey into the desert? Just before this is a really famous scene in the book of Kings. In fact, one of my favorite, really, and where it takes place, I got to offer mass there once. On the top of Mount Carmel, uh, Elijah did battle 
with the 450 prophets of Baal. What's going on with that? So at the time, you have the wayward king Ahab and his evil wife Jezebel. We've heard that name many times, right? I mean, because it's kind of one of those things, like to call someone to Jezebel, it's not complimentary. You know, she's there. She's married to Ahab. She's trying to, you know, push aside the God of Israel and have people worship this evil pagan god, Baal. There are 450 prophets for him, only one for the God of Israel, Elijah. And he challenges them to this basic showdown that we're going to make an offering to our God. And the one that responds is the true God. He says to the people of Israel, get off the fence. you got to make a decision. And so he does this big showdown. And the whole morning, these 450 prophets of Baal, they're jumping around, they're screaming and all this. In fact, Elijah mocks them, and it's wonderful. I highly recommend you read it. In the end... God responds. He takes up the whole offering. I mean, it's this big, dramatic scene, and Elijah is victorious. In fact, he kills all 450 prophets of Baal. The Bible's not G-rated. We know this, right? Like, so all this stuff is happening. He's victorious. Jezebel, not too pleased. She's going to take out her vengeance on him. So all of a sudden, Elijah, who's like totally victorious on behalf of God, you know, it's like standing on top of the mountain, all's well, All of a sudden, the forces of Jezebel are coming after him. He goes out into the desert. He's on his way. He's fleeing. And did you notice the way that he speaks today? Elijah went a day's journey into the desert until he came to a broom tree and sat beneath it. He prayed for death, saying, this is enough, O Lord. Right? Okay. So last week we talked about the Israelites and their grumbling and all that, right? But the thing is with this, it's just, as time passes, it's not even that he's just grumbling. It's like, okay, things are good, things are difficult, they're up, they're down, they're all over the place, right? And that happens to all of us in time. If we can't exactly relate to doing battle with 450 prophets of Baal, I'm going to tell you another personal story. And sorry to just keep bringing them up week after week, but it just happened this week, so I'll tell you. So, as I said last week, we've kind of gotten this tradition over the last several years. My sister comes down And she has six kids now, which is wonderful. She can work remotely. We got the six kids around. I get to see them. It's fantastic. They were here for three weeks. And I get down there every bit that I could. And this week, I took off from last Sunday afternoon until Friday. And we just did everything we possibly could from early in the morning until far too late at night, you know, playing games and doing all sorts of stuff. We went out to Carowinds, which is quite an experience, right? I mean, it's like all the crowds and all this And now my niece, who's the oldest of the grandchildren, is nine. She'll be ten next month. And she's just as into roller coasters now as I am. I like the big ones. It's fun. And now i got a little buddy to ride with me. She conquered all the four big ones at Carowinds. We had a great day. She was so good. And it was like, you know, the the time when kids are so good, like you're like ready to buy them anything. It's like, Daisy, whatever you want. It's like, you know, I'd take a controlling interest in Carowinds. Like, okay, you got, you know, like. I'll do anything. You know, she was just so good and even better than the roller coasters. We get in the car and she's like, Uncle Johnny, can we go ahead and pray the Divine Mercy Chapel and the Rosary now so we're not too tired later? Are you kidding me? This is incredible. She's nine years old. She wants to do this. It was so good. On Thursday morning, my parents were packing up the five. My sister flew back with the baby. My parents, God bless them, were driving all the way up to Illinois, 13-hour drive with the five kids. So I'm like playing with them as they're getting the car packed up. That was kind of the way I felt inside, right? So we're like going through all this and like played musical chairs and it's just crazy and trying not to make too big of a mess and it's just awesome and all this is happening. And then they left. 
And that is one of the hardest moments ever, right? It's like you go from all this craziness and fun and you're doing all this stuff with them and then the house was just silent. And, you know, it's like you see a mess that the little one left behind. It's like, oh, it's so cute. Like he spilled his breakfast, you know, and, and just, and it's crazy how, you know, it's not like something was wrong. It's not like I offended them and so they walk. No, I mean, it's just time passes, right? You know, it's like we have good times and then we move on to other times and it can be really hard. And that's where I would say in this prayer today that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. And you see the way that the people in the gospel take offense at Christ, right? Like, wait a second, don't we know this guy? We know his mom and dad are. Doesn't he come from Nazareth? All this. And Jesus stops them. Stop your murmuring, right? That basically he has come to teach us. They shall all be taught by God. He has come to give us the bread of eternal life. He has come to give us his flesh, right? And ultimately, what does that mean? It means that we who are in time, who know that we can't just hold on to this moment if it's so good. And I'll tell you, like moments like this, I love 1030 Mass. It's like our big family reunion. You all respond. And I'm not to like bash other parishes, but I'm just going to do it because I'm getting all personal today, right? Like everybody's involved. We're singing. We're praying. It's beautiful. And then all of a sudden, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon here and it's just quiet. And don't get me wrong, it's okay. I like to go take a nap after three masses. It's all good. But, you know, like we have these mountaintop experiences, but time continues on. But what the beautiful thing is, is that God himself enters into all this with us. He saves us from just being stuck in time that we are ultimately, as Sister Joseph Andrew said, made for eternity. That Jesus Christ didn't just give us a picture of himself, like, hey, everybody, remember me by looking at this, right? No, because that's not good enough. I can go look on my phone at pictures from this past week at Carowinds. Great, but it's not the same. And we all know this, right? It's wonderful. It's good to remember. But this is something deeper than that. The Eucharist is no mere symbol. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has entered into this to save us from being just trapped in time, but ultimately brings us on toward our destination, our ultimate destiny in eternity. That he comes to satisfy the human heart. He comes to teach us to love the way that we love in heaven. That we do get a foretaste in this time. There are these awesome experiences, and yet he stays with us to help us through along the way. And that's why. St. Paul can dare to say, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with which you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't be bitter. Don't be furious. Don't be angry. Don't shout. Don't revile. Ultimately, be a people of hope. Why? Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, brings us into eternity. He comes to save us from the fact that, yes, good things come to an end, and yet, what we're made for, what we long for deeply in our hearts He's here to give us, to give us himself, so that as we travel through time, he gets us on and on towards eternity. We get a foretaste now. Is it a mystery? Yes, it is. But the beautiful news is, is that we're not left to our own devices. We do have hope, and Jesus Christ really and truly is with us in the Eucharist. And that's why we have to do everything we can not to be stuck in bitterness, fury, anger, and all these other sins that close us in and take us away from him. No, 
We're called to come to him who ultimately leads us into eternity. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we have ups and downs, right? We know that in this life that we say goodbye to people, both eternally, you know, both in death and when they have to travel away. We know that there are incredible moments where everything's going well. We know that there are difficult moments too. But the good news that we have is the rock-solid foundation that God has given us himself in the Blessed Sacrament. He does not abandon his people. He comes to us today. And so as we approach him today physically at the altar, thank him for that gift. Pray for that grace never to walk away from him in bitterness and fury and anger and any kind of sin, but to remember that we who are here in time, Jesus Christ himself has entered in to lead us into eternity. How blessed we are today to say with hope and that knowledge that as he is here, we can do what the Responsorial Psalm says. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. He is here. He gives us himself. Don't ever part from him who is so good and who takes us by the hand to lead us into eternity. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.